With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, 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 everybody. Hey, 309, how you doing? Thanks for coming out with us tonight. Hey, John, how you doing? I'm doing pretty good. How you doing? What's up, Mark? How you doing? Good, man. Good. I was sorry about yesterday. Um, Billy D was a, a good friend of mine for over the last 25 years. He's uh was the senior athletic director at Clemson. He ran 16 sports. Just a great, great guy. He's a really good friend of mine. He's uh, gotten a new job. He's working with a nonprofit, and I just ran into him. Uh, and so I was like, you know, he's, this guy's bigger in life. He's, 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 he's a great guy. He met me one time 25 years ago at the luxury box in Clemson and never forgot my name ever. And, um, that he's, he's a great guy. So that, and then I had a, a PowerPoint presentation for an interview for merchant banking last night at seven. So I did not mean to blow you off at all. I wanted to talk to you and. I figured um, I'd probably, uh, once you sent me the text, uh, I figured, well, I'll just talk to you tonight, or I know you're probably busy or whatever. If not, we'll catch up tomorrow or something. But um, So it's you and Sean? Yeah, Sean just got on. I just unmuted him. Oh, thanks, Sean. Hey. Let me ask you a question. I saw a documentary recently and it was about how many uh police officers were actually masons are you 14 <laughs> the answer is 14 no matter what you say no nah, there's a lot of them 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah, like have you ever noticed the F John and I were talking about this the other day. You ever notice the FOP stickers for the Fraternal Order of Police? No. Yeah, it's heavily, heavily influenced. Like I was asked to be a Mason my fourth day on the job. They're not supposed to ask you. Yeah, I know, but people aren't supposed to cheat on their wives either, but they do that. Well, if the wives gave it up more often, <laughs> they wouldn't cheat so much. Yeah, I'm just kidding. Well, I mean, but really, they, uh, I mean, some do. They don't really push it. Like, it was just a gentle, like, we were, as a matter of fact, I thought we were talking about construction because I just left construction work. I wasn't, we started talking about Mason. And I'm like, oh, yeah, no, I've never done that before, man. That's hard on you. <laughs> He's like, what are you talking about? But, um, but yeah, I mean, uh, it's, you know, there's a lot of them. I wouldn't say most of them, but there's, there's quite a few, especially in the higher-ups. Now, what, as a police officer, when you pull over a car and it's got the uh, blue and black sticker on it, what do you think? Uh, I mean, I don't, I don't, what do you, what do you ask? You know what, it has three bars on it? No, I know what you're talking about, but I mean, what do you mean, what do I think? You I think mean, the reality is, is most cops just don't write cops tickets, man. That's just how it is. You don't write nurses, or doctors, or paramedics, because you never know if you're going to look up on the ground one day and they're going to be looking back at you. So you try not to piss them off. You try not to write your fellow brother. Um, and firemen is kind of a 75-25 thing. Well, except for the cop out in California that arrested the fireman for not moving his fire truck. You see that? Yeah, I mean, but that's, you know, that's an extreme. Like, that, when I saw that, I, I mean, it's all political stuff, man. Those guys are all, you know, it's really hard to get on the inside and get hired as a cop and a fireman and stuff because that's a really political job. And uh, you learn very quickly, you know, and I'm talking quickly within weeks, maybe a couple of months, what to do and what not to do. I mean, you get, you know, it's a tight-knit mafia. <laughs> right. There's a You're lot of exactly people. right. The biggest gang out there. Guys. Yeah, I a lot of good you. guys in it. And then there's some really, you know, not good guys. But. Well, so when you see the three bars, black and blue, you, what are you thinking that person is? Uh, well, I mean, it, you know, people, a lot of people have that sticker who aren't cops. I mean, it depends on the situation. I mean, if they're getting pulled over, they're getting pulled over. Really, it depends on what happens when you walk up to the door. Right, but if you see it, do you think this is a cop? you think it's a cop's wife? you think it's a child? you think it's somebody smart enough like me to put that sticker on their car? I mean, what do you, that's what I'm trying to get at. Well, that's what I'm trying to tell you. It's so saturated now uh, that if I was a cop, which I haven't been for eight years or more, nine years, that, I mean, it just kind of, I mean, I would just... I, my first initial thought would be like, at the very least, they're supportive of it. Um, it's probably a cop, but 
um, anymore. Again, you know, people get, I support the police stickers and they get stickers like you're talking about. And, you know, it's like, if you're getting pulled over, you're getting pulled over and then I'll find out who you're at when I'm up at the window. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's kind of, it's an, I mean, it's a, that's a pretty ambiguous question. It's, it's hard to, uh, you know, you're going to think they're associated somehow with law enforcement, but that isn't always the case. Like I said, some people just put those stickers in their car and make you think that stuff. So if you're going to get pulled over, you're going to get pulled over. You know what I mean? Yeah, but the you, stickers you, you, aren't going to keep you from getting pulled over. But if I got that sticker and you walk up, are you going to ask me if I'm a cop? Nope. Probably not. No, because most of the time cops carry their badge. So when they open their wallet to give you their ID, you're gonna see their you know, they're gonna you're gonna see either their badge or their ID. And uh you know, and most times people will let you know somehow. I may ask. I mean that's kind of a again, it's have a relative question it would depend on the day or whatever who I was talking to like I know she had the sticker what do you, is your dad or mom a cop or something you know yeah but the reality well, is I know what you're asking me the reality is, is most cops don't write cops tickets man oh I know that dude I know that but I didn't you know there's a difference between flipping my badge open me flipping my wallet open uh, and I've even thought about having a fake badge. <clears throat> you know. Yeah, you do that. You're going to. You're probably going to go to jail, man. <laughs> but that's <laughs> what we're talking about. It, well, they're not going to inspect my badge, are they? They're going to ask you what the badge is for, and and, and honestly, they're going to know if it's real or not. Probably, they're going to be able to look at it pretty quick. I don't think I'd even go down that road if I were you, bro, because. It's like two things, okay? First, why are you trying to use those things to obscure who you are or to lean somebody away from what you are, who you are, you know? So that's going to send up a, a red flag, like why is this guy trying to do this? Like, like I support police or the stickers, one thing, because... Uh, that could just be, A, you support them, or you have a family member, or you're just trying to get out of a ticket. If you have a badge, that could mean a whole new thing. Like, that could be you're trying to pull people over, or you're making them think. You know what I mean? It's going to make the cop dig deeper, bro. Yeah, but they don't. They, that's my point. They don't look at the badge. They see it, and they make assumptions thereon. Yeah, but I don't, I don't, you, that's probably not a good thing. I mean, there's no reason to do it, right? Well, well, if things get worse, I mean, maybe not right now. But what do you mean things get worse? Well, what do you mean? The, 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 we don't have police anymore. We have militia. They're out of control. From the oh, no, 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 no. Oh, sorry, yeah. yeah. Oh, I just no, dude. What you have is an ignorant society on both sides. That's well, the biggest I, problem. The problem isn't that they're those guys. A lot of those guys are good, man. They help people all the time. 
I know they do. I know they do, but they play the Constitution all the time, and none of the cops do. Dude, they don't. No, they don't. No, they don't. I was a cop for 10 years. I'm telling you, I operated within that thing. And they don't know the Constitution. They know it well enough. But you got understood. You got to understand, dude. They're under codes and statutes, and you're bringing up a constitution that doesn't even apply to you. They're not violating the constitution, dude. It doesn't apply to you. That's what I'm trying to get across. Like, why would you care? the The problem isn't the constitution or the cop. The problem. I'm not saying, dude. There's bad and there's bad people in everywhere. Okay, in every. Oh, I, churches for God's sake! Look at the Catholic Church. <laughs> there, there you go. go. Want to look at the Baptist Church? It's a joke. Baptist. But the point you hear the, the point I'm yeah. getting at. Look, the point I'm getting at is education. That's what John and I do this for. If if you have, you know, I've talked to some of my old cop buddies about some of this stuff, and uh, some of those guys see aspects of it. You know, they struggle with some of it because they, they were brought up in the same schools you and I were. Um, I just happen to be very open-minded, like, and I'm able to admit when I'm wrong or incorrect about stuff. Most people aren't, aren't, can't do that very easily, and on both sides, not just the cops. It's just like when we're trying to tell people to quit using the Constitution, quit using code statutes, notes to decisions, court, Supreme Court rulings, all that stuff. You know, we try to explain that to people, and they don't want to listen. It's like, well, here, let me just show you this, you know, and John will say, here, let me just show you this. You know, Barron Rose of the city of Baltimore, city of Dallas, uh, Antonin Scalia at Cambridge Union. You know, you show people this information that shows that none of that stuff pertains to them, but they don't want to let go, or they don't wish to let go, or they want to believe something differently. And cops are just guys like you and I, and... Some of them are open-minded, some of them are assholes, and some of them are just, you know, but all of them don't know law. Almost all of them don't. They're trained in code and statutes. They're code enforcement officers. So that's what they learn. So is the problem the fact that they're enforcing the codes and statutes that everybody in the public gave them the authority to do, or the people who are driving around with tags trying to tell them that they don't have any authority over them? See, to me, I think the problem lies predominantly on the other side, not them. I mean, they were trained, hired, given money. People pay taxes for them. If, you, if people don't like it, then they need to stop participating in that system, you see, and then become educated so that they can educate the people around them. And then that way, the more it gets educated, when the cop does pull over somebody, they go, hey, man, doing a great job. I wouldn't want your job. You should make more money. However, at this time, I'm not acting as a driver, and, you know, I wish to exercise my right to remain silent, you know. And then to have the cop go, oh, wait a minute, so you're not acting in commerce right now? No. Okay, well, you, if you don't mind, slow down, man. That was a little fast, but you have a great day. Oh, come on. That's Disneyland stuff, man. No, 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 no. That's what we're – yeah, but look, that's what we're working for, right? Because the only other thing you can oh, do yeah, is yeah. I agree pull with an AR-15 out. Okay, so we're not ready for AR-15, so let's just use a big pen. You know, until people are ready, that, that's one of the things we're going to probably – and if not tonight, we're going to talk about it at some point because, you know, we've got a lot of hostile people and combative people, man doing paperwork and being aggressive as hell with these people. And it's like, you know, if you're not ready to go to war with these people, you might want to tone it down a little bit. <laughs> like, I mean, Oh, I'm, well, I'm very, all the way. I'm very much. Under, 
Yeah, yeah, I agree. I'm under the radar, dude. I'm not. If, yeah. if I were to get pulled over now, well, it would be real bad now. But, um, <clears throat> you know, I've, but I've also had uh, some experiences uh, where I've, I, I've, I've seen a dozen cops all together lie on police reports, all of them. Sure. I've seen cops where radio silence, I know what it is. I've heard and I've known mm-hmm. enough. They do. They beat the shit out of them. Did uh, we lose them? Hello? Hello, is anyone there? Kind of went silent on me for everything. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, I can hear you now. All right. I don't know what happened, but everything went. We could hear you, but I was talking. You couldn't hear me. Can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it seems like we got it back for some reason. It was a glitch. I don't know if you heard what I said, the last thing. What I was saying was I've seen the public murder, rape, kill, uh... You know, I agree. Get, you know what I'm saying? Like, yes, saying the cops I, do this, the cops do that. Well, so is the other side. And then sometimes they ask for it. You know, it's like, uh, you know, cops out of line sometimes? Absolutely, dude. That, that's the whole point, though. We're all supposed to be trying to meet somewhere in the middle here and figure this thing out in peace and and become educated. You know, like, we're, they're supposed to serve us, but, you know, dude, you're supposed to serve them, too. You know, they're your fellow man. Like, we're all at service at each other's service to try to help one another become educated and care for each other. And, you know, the golden rule, right? Do one to others. So we're all each other's servant. Yeah, I, I yeah, agree not- that, and I treat them that way. But I also yeah. believe that they're militarized now, and they are more aggressive than ever, ever before. And that comes from the top down. And, um, it's all, it's yeah, all... but here, here's the thing is that really like, okay, even though they're militarized, it still has to do with the basic level of education, because even though they are, they're getting more powerful weapons, more powerful machinery, they wouldn't use them if they didn't believe that it was right and that they had the authority to do so. Well, I, I I can hear you in some aspect. That's true, but I mean, there's all kinds of Ruby Ridge, Waco. I mean, just over and over and over again, uh, where it's, I mean, from the complete top. Look, I mean, Waco. Every Monday morning, uh, Koresh went to the grocery store by himself. Every Monday morning, if they wanted him, that's all, all they had to do to get him there. You know. So, look, I'm very well educated on it, and. Uh, 
the population is ignorant, out of control. Uh, they read less than one book a year. They can't think. They watch TV, um, and they don't know the Constitution uh, or our rights or the statutes and uh, codes. And but <clears throat> on the other hand, uh, there's more. They want you to fight. What? They want you to fight them. We we prepared them for that. I mean, the best of I know. And, and what they're trying to say here is, is the more, more knowledge we have about how all this stuff operates and works, then the more power we have in it. We stop giving them all that power. Then who has control? Well, we've been, given them, we've been giving them power. Well, I understand that. But at the, at the same time, I mean, you look at Katrina. They went door to door and took guns away from people in the non-flood areas because they were roaming gangs. And then I talked to a police officer here in town and talked to him about it. He goes, well, I don't care. I don't care that that was wrong. We should have done it. We should have taken away more guns. And I'm like, you're a police officer and you believe that? How can a police officer believe that any police officer going door to door taking guns away from people in the non-flood areas in any circumstance to take the guns away from people to walk, knock on their door and take away their guns? How could any police officer believe that? That is just dumbfounding. It's staggering. Well, we have we have two cases. Well, we have neighborhoods that banded up that kept their weapons that protected their neighborhoods, and then we had other cases where the people were evacuating and escaping. And whenever they got into so-called public control, like, okay, my house is gone. I need shelter. Well, once you go into that shelter and you're under that, gun, of course they're going to take your damn guns from you. You can't you can't go into the, you know into the big sports arena with a you know, 10 rifles, I mean, there's no way they're going to allow that. So some of I that, know. That, that's not, that's different than going into, I'm talking about knocking on their doors. Look, the videos are all over. Look, the whole, the whole starting of Oath Keepers came out of the, um, the good police fire EMTs recognizing that they violated law and it was wrong. That was the whole birth of OathKeepers.org. But, hey, I might I might be ignorant on this topic, but uh, did the people down in Louisiana get their guns back? You know, I I have I don't know. Uh, I know so, that well, we had we had some of our officers go down there, and as a matter of fact, I almost went, but uh, forget why I couldn't. But we had a couple of our guys go down. And was there some some bad stuff going on? Yeah, but what you're not t- telling, or what you may not know, is there was more officers in military who refused to go in and take guns. Some did. <clears throat> That's true. Did the Louisiana police chief do that? Yep. But you also have to remember something: the state of Louisiana is not a common law state. It's a little bit different. Um, it's part of a treaty that was signed with France long ago with the Louisiana Purchase. So it's a little bit different. Plus, you have to remember, too, that that's, man, that's such a volatile situation. I'm not saying it's right, and I'm not even saying I would give up my guns. But what I'm saying is there was a bunch of shitheads who were going around 
looting with guns and stuff. And it's just like if I were to take you, right, and give you 500 rounds of 223 and drop you in the middle of a, of a desert town in Afghanistan, would you be able to separate the Taliban from just nice people? You know, you, there's there's got to be some level of understanding. Again, it's not just so cut and dry. Did they did they do a lot of bad shit? Yeah, they were shooting, taking pop shots at people who were trying to get across the bridge and get out of Louisiana, and they absolutely did shoot some of them and kill them. Was that wrong? Yeah, it's murder. But at the same time, let's put you in a uniform and drop you into a situation where there's large amounts of looting, rape, murder going on, desperate people who are pissed off and then put a bunch of guns in their hands. Now, I'm not saying it's right, but what I'm saying is the basic human instinct to go home to your family at night has to come in. I'm just in a situation that's so extraordinary like that. It's it's there's got to be some give and take because you don't see cops just going into people's houses and taking guns for no reason either. So obviously, that was an extenuating circumstance, and we weren't there. And I'm sure that there were cases where it was absolutely wrong. But I'll bet you part of the reason that got started is because a bunch of bad people were doing a bunch of bad shit, and the cops couldn't differentiate between the good and the bad people. So they said, you know, it may be wrong, but at the same time, you know, we need to go home at night. So if you see people with guns, just take their guns. I mean, anybody heard that saying? It only takes one retard to ruin it for the rest of us. <laughs> you know, like, like there, there's this. Where, that's what we're going to be talking about tonight. Yeah, I mean, there's this waterfall up in North Carolina, and freaking every summer people used to go there. Like, I mean, a lot of people used to go there and go swimming and. You know, there were spots where you could jump off of the waterfall, probably 15, 20 feet, and land in a pool of water. And then one moron goes up there and jumps off the wrong way and breaks his leg. And they shut it down for everybody because they don't want the liability. Like, the property owners absolutely did not want the liability. And it was just one guy who ruined all of that fun and enjoyment for everybody else. Being I, 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 what? Hey, John, you want to go up that? I can get you to go. I can get you off that waterfall. I got some whitewater kayaks. <laughs> hey, well, hey, if I may, is that you, Scott? Is that Scott on the phone we're talking to, John? Uh, no, Mark was the one that we were talking oh, to. Oh, Mark, okay. Was asking you about the police stuff. Okay, I wasn't sure. I get so names Mark mixed was down up. here like probably 40 minutes from me. Okay, here's what I'll say, okay? And this is not a, across the board. But I, look, man, I was a cop, all right? And it, apply the mentality that you've got to me. Apply the mentality you've got about cops to me. And it doesn't fit. Like there's no way I fit into any category of cop that you've got in your head that I, that you have portrayed on the show tonight. Like 
there look man most of those guys some of them do it because they're just flat out lazy and you don't really have to do a lot of stuff as a cop but when you do it's usually really bad um some of them get out of the military and they it's paramilitary and they just don't honestly they don't know what else to do they're just used to being told what to do and uh, I know a lot of guys like that and it's just it, that paratip military kind of mindset it's a way for them to hold on to that part of them um, some of them really just get into helping people uh, most of them I would have to say there's a certain amount of like prestige in their mind like look at me I'm a cop <clears throat> you know that that can't be helped there's some pride in it I mean I had a certain amount of that like you know I achieved something when I thought it was something um, and those guys will defend people to the end man I mean I have literally chased people into the woods in the middle of the night and fist fought the hell out of them because they stole somebody's car that I didn't know I dare say you don't know a handful of people that would do that. So this this us them thing on both sides from them too. I mean, I had a federal a guy who just graduated Marshall School who told his mom that she had to defriend me off Facebook because I wrote something about being free, and he and he likened me into a sovereign citizen, and that tells you how hostile they are towards it. But this divisiveness, this whole us versus them mentality. All that leads to is war. I'll, I'll tell you right now, that's all it will lead to. It, it's, it is not healthy. And it's also, it'd be like saying all black people are thugs because they're black, or all Mexicans are this way, or all white people have white privilege, which is crazy. Um, I grew up in a damn trailer park in a ghetto, so I mean, I don't know how much privilege I had. But the point is man is people have bad experiences with carpenters and plumbers too cops are more magnified but I'll tell you this much a cop is less likely to hit you today than he was in 1970 cops cops back then would just knock the living hell out of you and because there was no cameras they didn't care like it, you they were the police and those old-timers had that kind of mentality more cops are worried about being sued today and believe it or not they are <clears throat> it's just back in the day it wasn't reported as much because everybody was afraid of them um well i, 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 I do what i i agree with a lot of what you're saying i, I but I, however i am very aware that uh <clears throat> self-preservation almost dictates uh, us versus them a lot of times um, but in the other hand there's still and I have friends that are you know and I have a perfect example here in the town right next to me a couple of years ago uh, police officer for a $50 drug deal with an informant they had the informant in the car it was a setup it was $50 weed deal the guy figures out, starts to drive away. The cop stands next to the car. He was in front of it. The guy wouldn't leave, so he jumps off to the side and shoots him from the passenger window, kills 19-year-old kid. That fucker should be hung up 
Not only that, every police officer in the town, once the results came out, should have gone public and saying, this is wrong. Nothing happened to Wait, him. He didn't he's got a job down the road. His security he lost his job, but he still murdered somebody on film. Can you can you give me a favor? Because you were cutting yeah. out. Can you describe? Can you describe describe that to me again? What happened? You had an informant for fifty. Yeah, hours. yeah. It kind of got broke up. Yeah. Can you start over? Okay. Yeah, there was a, a drug bus set up with an informant, fifty dollar weed deal in parking lot of a uh, a place public. Uh, and the cop was the informant, or they had a no, no, no. There was a. A girl uh, rolling over or something. I don't know how okay. she got caught. So gotcha. she was the informant. She set the deal up. It was a $50 weed deal. And um, during the process, the guy figures out that the cops are there coming. So he backs up, I guess, and he starts to leave. The cop jumps in front of the car, and the, the kid is not going to stop. He's going. So the cop okay. goes off to the side. And I think the cop jumped in front of the car from when he put it from reverse to park, from reverse to drive. Cop jumped in front and said, stop. Kid didn't stop. He's good. So as he goes, now they know who the girl is. She's in the car. They know who the guy is. It's all set up. Okay. They know where he lives. Mm. They know who he is. The the, the kid drives by and the cop shoots him through the passenger side window and kills him, 19 years old, for $50 for the week. And my problem with that is, Look, there's drug deals, and uh, I have a problem with some of them, but uh, some of the laws. But <clears throat> there's no reason to shoot him, none. And when a cop, when that guy, when the guy shot the guy in the back five times on video, I'm sure you've seen it. Tell me where one cop stood up and said this is wrong afterwards. It doesn't happen. It did, it did um, protect their own. I understand that. It, but so there's all, look, you just go there. I don't know if you've ever seen uh, uh, police. Wait, can I, wait, before we jump on, wait, before we jump on to something else, can I ask you a couple questions about the first thing? Uh, yeah. Okay, cool. Um, just, just, I'm going to ask you just a couple of things. Did you, like, see it? Or did you see a no. video of it or something? Saw the video, yeah, and I know people involved. Okay, but I mean, so you actually saw the video? Oh, yes. Okay, so the cop got in front of him to try to make him stop, and the kid wouldn't stop, so the cop had to dive out of the way. He jumped out of the way. He didn't die. Okay. He just. And then as the guy went by, he shot him. Yeah. Okay, so what was, and I presume... It went to a civil case, like, against them for wrongful death or something. Like, you're saying the cop was terminated? Yeah, he was terminated, but he's not, he didn't serve any time. Um, well, it could have been a political termination just to keep the, the lawsuit stuff down and then he may get hired again. But just, I look, I agree with you. Nobody should die for 50 bucks a weed. So let me go ahead and say that right now. But he didn't die for 50 bucks a weed. He died because he was driving toward a cop who was telling him to stop. So the problem is we have a society that thinks smoking a plant is bad. And you have a society that votes people in who write stupid legislation like that. And then you have a society that supports law enforcement to enforce stupid legislation. 
So to me, looking at it from an outside perspective, it's tragic on all sides because, you know, there's a good chance the cop really thought he was doing right because he's been brainwashed to thinking that weed is a bad thing and evil. So he's trying to stop evil, and then this kid's driving at him with a two-ton vehicle, and he's telling him to stop, which he has the authority to do as a cop, and the kid doesn't stop. So as he goes by, he figures he's a threat to society. After all, he's trying to run over a cop. If he's going to do that, what would he do to somebody else? My guess is I mean, you know, that was the mentality of the cop at the time. However, it wasn't a violent felon, so that's probably why he was terminated because, I mean, you can shoot somebody in the back if they're a greater threat away from you than in your presence. See, so do you see how, like, I'm not even really disagreeing with you on the premise, but what I would say is sometimes, like, you're like, this guy should be, killed and all this and it's like well there's so many mitigating factors in that there's so many variables you have literally centuries of mistakes going into that one 15 second moment of a pure adrenaline on the guy who was driving the car the cop how many years had he been on the force was he a rookie was he this I mean there man what I'm saying is, is it's just to me, it's not as cut and dry. I see the, I see that as a symptom of the real problem, and the real problem is education. And I posted a picture on Facebook tonight that said Democrats, Republicans. <laughs> the real problem is the cult that votes and thinks they need rulers. You know, like the problem is, is we've got to get people to think differently about putting people in positions to make decisions like you can't smoke weed for them. And then once you do that, it's, it's, is it inappropriate for you to rebel? Is it wrong or is it right? Is it, you know, there's just so many factors. Like if you tell somebody, hey, I want to be a part of your club, and they go, well, here's the fort rules. There's a secret knock, and you got to come at Tuesday at 6 o'clock, and, you can't smoke weed, you can't drink, you can't have your hair long, you can't do this, and then you show up with a beer, a joint in your hand, your hair's long, you forget the knock, you're drunk, and they go, well, you can't come in the fort, or they tell you to go away, and then you go, man, what's wrong with you guys? You guys are tyrannical. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> dude, you knew, you knew what you were doing. You signed up for the, for, to be a part of our freaking club, man. We got a secret handshake and everything, man. You're just violating tradition here. So to me, the problem is to me the problem well, is don't be don't be a part of the club, man. But the cops like when you're not a part of the club. The other problem is the cops don't know it. Like you tell them you're not a part of the club, and they're like, well, I don't give a shit. You know, it's like you're part of the club. You just think you're not a part of the club. What are you above the law? You know, yeah. and that's the other problem, right? It's just, it's a mess, man. I mean, it's a mess You're right. all the way around. That's why I would agree with that out of all of it. It's, and look, I know good people and all that. And, it, and we, you know, the other thing on the other side of this is, um, you know, uh, you take uh, away the cops for a one-week period and, oh, my gosh, you know, the cops can never protect you, never. They always come afterwards. All right. Usually, you take, you take the cops off the street nationwide for a week, and they'll be begging for them to be back because there are so many uh, elements of uh, people that 
uh, have no moral conscience or compass and are just straight up evil, and they keep them at bay. So I, it's a it's a shit show for sure. It is a shit but, show. You're right. <laughs> well, you know, the other thing is, is like people need to be governed. Okay. Now this is going to sound funny, so let me get to the other side of this before you get mad at me. Because I have arguments with people all the time. Now, I don't believe people need to be governed by government, right? I think people should be governed by the creator and by their own values and convictions, right? I think government should be so small that you almost forget it's there. However, what's to be said, and this is the other side of the argument, if JC wants to argue this, this other part, he, if he, would you like to argue that other point, JC? What other point? The point that some people believe that people need governed by government. Well, I mean, you know, I have a fundamental belief that most people like. I mean, even when you look at the United States and America and how America was originally set up, yeah, it was set up to govern the masses you know, straight from the beginning, but it was also set up in a way where if a man or a woman were educated, knowledgeable, uh, had the will and the spirit and the soul to stand up for themselves, that they could be free. Um, one thing I've always said about America is it's, it's probably one of the only countries in the world where you can be born a king and die a slave, or you can be born a slave and die a king and it's it's really kind of up to you but in a large way uh i i believe that people need to be governed but i do not believe that government should be forced on everybody i i i believe that people have the right to say i don't consent and Hey, as far as the, the other thing, uh, I'm, I'm going to say something that I used to tell everybody I worked with in my old life, and that is, man, when you're getting stopped by police, don't run. It just makes you look bad. Like, you know, whatever is going to happen is going to happen, but if you run from the police, it's going to make it 10 times worse. And I do believe that that story that you told is very tragic. Um, but it, in my opinion, it could have been avoided. And I'm not saying that it was his fault for running, but I do believe that it could have been avoided. I don't think that there was any reason why an officer needed to shoot off a firearm. He knew who the suspect was. They could have gone and gotten him later. That was out of line, but it just, you know, don't try and make yourself look guilty. <laughs> So, you know, like if there's, like, if there's I, I agree wrong with weed, then why run? And I agree with, uh, like, some people absolutely, I know people that absolutely have to be governed. Um, but to me, that's where the true church or that mindset, those kinds of people where, and I don't mean the lame church that exists today that's just friggin' a joke. I'm not talking about that kind of thing. Yeah, I'm talking about true, hey, I talked to the creator this morning. You know, I'm going to try and make the world a better place kind of stuff. Um, You've got, you know, you've got a situation where they ought to be 
the governance. Like, you know, it, you, why do you – most people don't even think about it. Like, it's the threat of government more than actual governance. I mean, 99% of your life, you don't run into the government at all except for tax time um, or if you get pulled over by a cop. You know what I mean? All day long, you go through your life, you buy what you want, you do what you want, you eat what you want. You, I mean, people practice self-governance all the time, and it, it and it confounds John and I, like, when they go to court, why all of a sudden they see some guy in a black dress or a guy with a uniform and a badge, and all of a sudden they forget that they should be practicing self-governance. So, you know, people, I think a lot of people go through every day without hurting anybody. So, you know, I don't think government needs to be very big at all. I think that uh, just consequences or knowing that there's consequences either in this life or the life to come is enough to help keep you in line. I think everybody needs that. Even I, I, John. I, I agree with you. And if you actually, uh, you probably already know this in Scripture, when the Israelites demanded a king. Yep. God said, you don't need a king. And, but right. they insisted, and then God did eventually give him a king. But I think the reason he didn't give him a king is because we're free men on the land mm-hmm. by, made by the creator in his image, and that, uh, you know, self-governance is part of that. Well, you know, it's interesting, too, in the Bible, the most prosperous time in Israel's history was a 400-year period where it said, basically, I'm paraphrasing a little bit, but every man lived according to his own, basically, his own conviction or belief. And what it was saying was every man just had the law written on his heart and didn't, everybody was educated, everybody was squared away. They didn't need somebody over them with a gun or a, in those days would have been a whip or some kind of rod to beat them into to line. You know, everybody kind of just did what was right. And or that was stone. Yeah. I mean, that was one of the most prosperous, happiest times in the entire history of Israel was when they were living under the Creator and uh, doing unto others as they'd have them do unto them. And see, and that's really what J.C. and I, the basic point that we – and I'm sure there's others out there, too, are trying to get across is basically do unto others as you would have them do unto you. And we just really think a lot of it will take care of itself if people just practice that. I can't disagree with that. Are you right on, dude? Wants versus needs. What's necessity and what's wanted? Just because, an example, every 12-year-old child out there has an has a iPhone, so Every 11-year-old child out there thinks they need an iPhone. Well, what's necessity? I mean, it's gotten way out of hand. Uh, yeah, I hear you. There's a famous author that said, people will soon give up all of their freedoms for sensory per- pleasures, you know, basically for, you know, pleasures of the eyes, pleasures of the ears, like, you know, they'll, they'll give up their basic freedoms when technology gets good enough to where everybody, I mean, look, everybody's basically walking around staring at a screen anyways. I saw a report the other day, like the average adult is getting 10 to 12 hours of screen time a day. It's insane. 10 hours? How the hell is that even possible? 10 to 12. 
How many? How many well, a lot of adults work on computers. You know, like a lot of adults, their job is. Oh yeah, I guess I didn't really think about that. I'm looking at poop. Even like a CNC operator anymore on big machinery, <laughs> screens and stuff. I mean, it's all everything. We got the blue haze. Hey, JC, <laughs> is that one indi- Is that one individual? Did you see them on? No. Okay. Uh, I'll see them here. Because this conversation easily bleeds into that. <laughs> so well, yeah, go we ahead. can go ahead and do what. So we can go ahead and uh, move on over that. I'm going to mute everybody out except for myself and Shaman, and we'll open the floor back up here in a little bit. And believe us, you guys are going to want to hang around and talk about this on the other side, so don't nobody go nowhere. (laughs) You going to go ahead and kick it off, or...? Uh, I thought you were going to. It doesn't matter yeah, you to me. Can go I'll follow your lead. <laughs> yeah, think me the bad guy. Um, <laughs> Always. Yeah. Well, it's not a matter of of bad or not. Um, you know, it's there's a lot. This isn't like a wine session or a brag session, guys. Just follow us on this, and you'll see why we're bringing this up. It's really for everybody's benefit. But, you know, it takes a tremendous amount of time and energy and effort and sacrifice to learn stuff to the level that JC and I have learned it. Not saying that others on here, there's a lot of smart people. We're meeting a lot of great people. Um, It's awesome. So we're not demeaning anybody or thinking we're above anybody. All we're simply stating is to get to the point where we're at took me years to do. And I, as a matter of fact, I had to completely relearn an entire aspect of my life. And uh, both, both from a earthly law point and fleshly point and a spiritual point. Like I had to relearn a lot of spiritual stuff or, or, or I should say it became more understandable to myself and I had to admit I was incorrect about certain information things I had taught or thought or believed you know we're all changing right but you know when you work really hard you know some of you guys know because some of you do it like you study you study you study you work really hard and then you know you have somebody who comes along who asks you a ton of questions you know we do this show for free we're, we want to help people, and, you know, that's what it's about. And uh, But at the same time, you know, there's people we work with directly who give donations for, those, for that time that we give, not necessarily the information, but just for our time because we spend a lot of time with them. And, uh, and, some, and, you know, a lot of people we just give time to. So, you know, we were, I was actually had started this. This guy was brought to us by Gus and... You know, I was spending a lot of time on the phone with him. JC was helping somebody else, so, you know, we hadn't really come together on it yet. He was helping somebody, and I was helping this guy. And then we, you know, got him on the show, and he uh, he asked a bunch of questions, stayed on, you know, kept a lot of our time a couple of times, and that's fine. You know, again, we like teaching, and we like helping. But um, he's tried for 
what, damn near nine or ten months to try to get a problem solved that he just could not figure out how to do. And part of it's because of his approach. He's not asking the right people the right questions in the right way. Um, that makes it very difficult to get to the other side of remedy. So, and you know, I'm he sure came. Some see, of it is being combative, you know, like slightly combative. People think about being combative as, you know, like actually fighting. When you're writing paperwork, the way that you write it, the things that it says, it can come off as incredibly combative when you're talking about a court setting where swords and words are the same thing. You know, it's just a civil place to cross words instead of swords. Yeah, and, and, and this conversation is kind of threefold, really. Um, the reality of it is, if you go about it in the right way and you ask the right questions of the right people, you'll get an answer very quickly. Um, I've had a federal judge I wrote him a couple, well, actually one simple question, and I had a response within two days. I don't, still don't know how the hell he got here so fast. But not only did he answer me, but he answered me properly and with respect. Um, and he did that because I asked him three questions, and, he, and each time he responded no less than within three days. And it was because I, I asked him the correct question in the correct way. So... There's definitely a way to get remedy, and this stuff does really work when you know how to apply it. So, you know, this is a double-edged thing here because, you know, this guy was seeking answers, and we went, we listened a lot. I mean, we, we spent a lot of time trying to get him to understand stuff. And then JC just flat out told him, hey, you know, what you need to do, because, we, you know, we tried to get it across to him in other ways, but he said just write them and ask them about the service of summons. It's a simple question. And he's like, okay, I'll try that. Now, he had his own mumbo, you know, his own, uh, what do you call that, the monkey that... Uh, well, I mean, he ah. had his own style. He talked about a bunch of other stuff along with it. Yeah, um, I'm just trying to, what do you call a monkey, like a lucky monkey in Louisiana? No, no. That guy, that guy named his dog in Transformers after. Anyway, it, it, it started, it's something like Jive or Jumbo or something. Anyway, you know, he added all of his stuff in there, which was really unnecessary and kind of going the opposite way of what we were saying, but he did throw that question in, and this is how powerful asking the right question is. In spite of the other stuff, which was combative and unnecessary, that one question... They dismissed all of his charges. Okay, literally, they just dismissed all of his charges, or at least three. There's the we're not 100% positive about one of the felonies, but we're pretty sure it's all of his charges are gone. We know at least three are. Um, so he goes on this thing about how he did this and he did that and he got it and he, he wrote Carl a letter saying how he got it dismissed and stuff. And we're not putting the guy down, you know. We're really not. But I just asked him a simple question because I read what he wrote and I said, did you bother to tell Carl what question you asked and who told you to do that? 
And a little a little while later, he comes back, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he writes them, right? Says it. And then, in a weird way, kind of apologizes. But then the very next day, he, uh, he comes on with a quote, writes a quote, and everybody's like, oh, beautiful in its simplicity. And, you know, like, 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 he's getting all these likes. And I said, you know, that quote sure as hell looks familiar. Oh, yeah, that's because I said that quote so many months ago. And so I, I made mention of that. I'm like, hey, yeah, so that's nice. That said it looks exactly like a quote that I just said not too long ago, word for word. He went, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, uh, that's what I do is I write down this stuff and post it. And that's great. I'm glad he does that because those quotes, those, that was a beautiful, simplistic way of approaching a judge, a jury, to where you could place yourself in your proper venue or uh, jurisdiction regardless of the venue you're at. So, and I'm glad he posted it, but the problem was is he was trying to make everybody believe he did it. Now, on the surface, this may look like, oh, this is a vanity, look what we did kind of thing. But I'm going to let JC kind of take it on this part for you guys to show you how dangerous it is. First of all, it is disrespectful as hell um, to do that to people who help you, and then you don't give them any credit, or to try to take quotes that they do and pass them off and get praise for it. That's just, to me, stealing or uh, intellectual theft or ungratefulness or whatever term you want to you add to it. But there really is a more much, much more dangerous aspect of it, and one's mental and one is uh, practical. J.C.? So, uh, yeah, this is something that's kind of been weighing on my heart, and, you know, I told Shaman that we were going to talk about it this evening. And here's here's kind of my issue, and that is, you know, so at first when we get the news that everything's dismissed, okay, you know, great. We are here to help. We are here. The show is free. We're here to do the show. Some people contact us, some people donate well, some people, you know, donate five, ten dollars, twenty dollars. And we are very, very appreciative of the people who donate and the people who have signed up for the website to support the JC Shaman and Baba and what's going on in North Carolina. And we make real progress. For instance, you can go and look it up. The uh, Chief Justice of North Carolina is stepping down, okay, like on his own, bowing out graciously. But this man, who was the first man, the youngest guy to ever get an appellant judgeship in North Carolina, the youngest guy to ever get on the Supreme Court in North Carolina, the youngest guy to ever be the Chief Justice of North Carolina a little over halfway through his first term, is stepping down from administrating the legal society of an entire state to administrating law students, you know, at, at a college in Virginia. <clears throat> and, you know, does that have something to do with what happened last year? I don't know, but maybe. 
and there's real progress being made. We really love to see the good outcomes when people pull things off, when people get things dismissed, when things like this happen. But with this particular individual, you know, they go on and it's like, okay, you know, we even let it slide at first and just kind of reminded in the comment section, like, hey, you know, what about thanks? And of course, this individual kept blowing us up in private and wished for answers to a couple of things and we weren't going to answer, you know? So he comes on the show and of course, we're going to answer because that is what we are here for. We are here to help y'all. We are here to help give ideas, to kick ideas around and get people thinking. And y'all are here to get us thinking too. You know, there's never a time where, you know, somebody, I know what somebody's going to say all the time. That just doesn't happen. Everybody thinks differently and everybody has different ideas. And if we all come together, we can solve really, really big problems. But the issue with somebody going around and saying, look what I did, look what happened, you know, look at how I just got this taken care of with paperwork and let me go and quote other people and having you know pretty much one direct source of the information is what happens when people say hmm this guy's getting things dropped hmm this guy's got some really good things to say hey maybe i should get in touch with this guy and have him help me out and the thing is is that okay so you got it dropped on the service of summons which that's nice. What if they would have kept going? What if they would have kept moving? You know, you have one answer, you have one piece of the puzzle until you have the entire thing figured out, which I don't know anybody who has everything figured out. And even when you have as much knowledge as somebody like myself who has literally spent every single day since my seven-year-old child was born, giving everything I have to this cause and this situation. I still forget stuff. I still look over things every now and then. I'm not 100% perfect. But I know a lot about this stuff. I have traveled to other states on my own dime just to go into court with people and see what happens, how they react, what's going on, what the common law is, how to utilize it, how to effectively move a court. And you can even ask Shaman, okay? Because when I first was working with him and he was kind of down and, and this and that, when I went up there for the first couple of times, I did it on my own dime. And of course I went up there and, you know, he donated and things like that. But at first I was giving a lot of myself with absolutely nothing, you know, required. And it's, it's nice, you know, to be able to help people. It's nice to see the great outcome, but for people who don't have the money to donate, it, look, that's fine. That's cool. But take a little bit of time, you know, go on to YouTube, comment, go on to YouTube 
and share some of the videos. Go on to Facebook and and promote things. Go out and try and promote the show a little bit. Have some type of way where we can get people in a centralized movement because what's going on with this movement is everybody and this happens so often in court where i have seen so many people fell before a judge because they go and study law and they think that they understand law more than a judge does and they go in and they think they're smarter than them and they think they're going to outsmart the legal society and you know they know this and they know that and they they don't know as much as they think they know you know vanity plagues the common law movement and the counterculture movement and greed and selfishness and i'm not saying that everybody does it everybody is an individual and should be treated as an individual but what i am saying is that i was even talking to a friend earlier and i said one thing i really like working with people who absolutely know nothing about law who haven't studied the movement more than i like working with people who have studied the movement for years in a lot of cases because in a lot of cases i've found the people who have studied all of this stuff feel self-righteous feel entitled and i'm not saying that that is everybody but that's kind of like going around and seemingly trying to appear like you're taking credit for what other people have kind of given you the answer for you know if if anybody's been following shaman and myself since the first time we ever did uh talk shoe which you know like i wasn't real happy about coming out and going public and i probably wouldn't have had the situation with Henry Ramo not been going on in North Carolina. Um, but when Sean and I came out, we said, hey, look, the law is a gift. It's a gift from the father. Nobody owns it. Nobody owns this stuff. It's a gift from the father. And we wish to share what we have, what we have, what we know, what we figured out because the whole reason why i have done nothing else except for this and concentrated on this since my kid was born is because i see the future as it could be a very scary place as it could go very very wrong and very very south and anybody who has ever had a child or has children has to understand that when you have a child, your sole mission in life is to keep them safe and to protect them and to try to make the best future you possibly can for them. And the way I see it is that if we don't all get through this upcoming trial and tribulation together, none of us are going to get through it individually it just doesn't hey, happen. Uh, can i uh say something real quick well i'm just gonna say one more thing and then i'll yield the floor look i am really really appreciative of everybody who donates their time energy and the people who donate the finances to help keep us going and to help keep this moving along 
and something that I came out with and was saying when Gus was breaking away from us and trying to make it look like we didn't know as much as people perceived we knew or whatever, it was all about the money. You know, like there was something I said in a YouTube video, the people who donate are paying the way for the people who don't. And we should all be appreciative of that. I know I am. And, you know, like I said, you don't have to just donate money. There are plenty of people who went and signed up on JC, Shaman, and Baba and are willing to donate time and get the word out there. And I am very thankful. Go ahead, Shaman. Well, I was just going to say, like, it's not a toot horn thing. Look, here's the reality. Like, if let's say your car is broke, and this car is your livelihood. I mean, this is how you get to work. This is how you take your kids to the doctor, to school, uh, how you get to court, all these things. You're, you're not going to take that car to the shittiest, cheapest mechanic that you can find who says, well, I know kind of what's going on, but yeah, I've been doing it a couple days. Or I know how to change the oil. Well, yeah, man, but my transmission's bad. Yeah, but I'm really good at changing oil. And I know what a transmission is. So I think I can figure it out. Like, so when, when people take, not only take credit or try to steer it in their direction so that they can feel, I mean, here's the reality of it, okay? Instead of doing that, that guy should have been steering people more toward us. Not because of our ego, dude, but because we know what we're talking about for the most part. Like, we really do. And it's like, why, why do that if you can't follow through? It's like a, a short-lived blessing, you know, and it's not even really a true blessing. It's, it's, it's not earned. It's not real. And the reality is, is that's one of the ways that, you know, we're talking about unity. We talk about that a lot, and it sounds like we're harping on something. But the reality is, is we are running pretty low on time. Uh, just the nature of technology is going to force the hand of tyranny. I mean, it, it just it has to. Um, robots, technology, and computers are going to push to a point where people are going to be less important to a governmental structure. So if you don't change the way that the government thinks, you're not going to have victories, and they're just going to run over it. And it's really hard to argue with a robot that doesn't have a conscience. Um, so get people to the people who know. And don't, like, if you learn something from somebody, it's great that you know that, and if you understand it, but if that's all you know or you really don't know how to follow through, you should say, yeah, man, I know this, but I'll tell you where I learned it. You know, it's like that's exactly why you'll hear us, even though we don't really get along with Carl and we think he's got some issues. <laughs> no, we know he has some issues. We still give him props for what he taught us because everybody on this phone probably learned something from him. And uh, he's done a lot of really good stuff. He's done a lot of bad stuff too, but some of his frustration may have come out of things like this, and uh, which I'm not justifying it. You know, JC isn't either. But, you know, when you get frustrated, you work really hard to help people, and somebody comes and steals your candy bar, it kind of can piss you off a little bit. But at the same time, it's dangerous because candy is not nourishment. You know, you need meat and potatoes, and if you don't have meat and potatoes and all you can ever offer is a Hershey bar, all that's going to happen is you're going to get diabetes, fat, and die. You know, it's like... <clears throat> 
let's get the information or get them to the teachers that are out there who really know and and support those guys man there's some people out there who really really know and whether it's through money or word of mouth or your time or you know going to other sites and shows and peoples and saying hey man you need to listen to these guys you need to listen to these guys man that is the way we're going to turn this around just like in the beginning talking to the the other gentleman about the cops you know education 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 you know that guy with one question got three charges dismissed one question man <clears throat> somebody does something for me like that I'm generally pretty grateful you know and I'm gonna say hey man that guy was that's really cool you know I brag on JC not having known me just his support just to have him come up and say Look, dude, you know in your heart you're right. Just stick with it. I'm here for you. Dude, that was a huge, huge help for me. Just knowing that there was somebody else who thought the way I did and was willing to stand at my side, that that may be the only donation you can give at the time. But that's huge, man, that kind of support. Or, uh, you know, so just we don't want to hark on it, but we don't mind giving answers and helping people. But when we do... You guys should go out and promote that so you can get other people to the place that gives answers and help them. Because it's not just about the individual. It is and it isn't. It's about all of us helping each other, right? And that's, that was just really weighing on us a little bit. So hopefully we didn't run you down too much with that. But, you know, that's a big, big thing, man, is getting people to the people who know things. I, that I, I would just like to say that I uh, I appreciate everybody who has come out this evening and is donating their time to be here with us tonight. And uh, you ready to open it back up to the floor? You got some more things to say? Or? No, I mean, I think we got it out. I mean, it's just a, it's a moral thing. because Oh, there's one other thing. Like, think about it like this. We're wanting, you know, we talked in the beginning of the show about doing unto others as we'd have them do unto you. And then people say, God, God, God a lot. You know, I hear that out of a lot of people, like, I'm doing this for God, or I want God to help me, or why doesn't God help me? Okay, well, if you come in and you take somebody's intellectual property and then you mask it or make people believe or lean it that way, even if you don't say it that way, um, that it's yours, and and then you accept the praise for that, and then you don't send them to the other people who know step two from step one. What you've just done is lied and deceived. You've committed the act of theft, both of which are dishonorable. And then when your fellow man is in need, you don't help him properly because you can't let him know you didn't know. And I, I mean that's again we're not look the guy's got some good qualities. We're not just running them down. Everybody makes mistakes. But the reality is, is how can you expect the creator of the universe to honor what you're wanting to do or what you're wanting to accomplish in your own life? And the other side, you're wanting the judges and the prosecutors and all the actors to honor your rights and belief. But, you know, first you've got to lay down the example. And if somebody does that, then... How can they expect the creator or the universe or karma or whatever you want to call it 
to repay them with gold when they've given other people, you know, trinkets, plastic, you know. It's just something to think about, you know. You've got to live what you're, you're asking for. You've got to be, you know, the, the problem is the man in the mirror. The solution is the man in the mirror, right? We all make mistakes. But let's be better people. That's all, really. If that came out right, I hope it did. All right, well, <clears throat> Mark already has his hand up, and if anybody else wishes to join in the conversation, I believe it is star two. It is to unmute yourself. To raise your hand, to raise your yeah. hand I mean. Okay, I'm unmuted. Okay, I didn't know that. <clears throat> well, thanks for hosting. I can't hear you, Mark. Uh, hello? Mark, Mark, you there? Mark, hello? I'm just messing with you, man. I can hear you, dude. Go ahead. Oh, okay. <laughs> you got me. <laughs> you got me. Thanks for having the show. Um, you know, there are a lot of instances just in my life, and this is probably uh, more now than uh, most of my life, but still it's important. And I've studied law to some degree and familiar with the, the banking process and stuff, but um, JC has really taken a lot of time to help me and um, answer some of my questions <clears throat> and uh, point me in the right direction. And I think maybe whoever you're talking about, I'm just wondering maybe if we need to know who that guy is in case we run into him. That's just a thought. Uh, but, most of the people probably know you. Like you're not. Uh, are you on Facebook, Mark? I, I have the divorce situation and stuff, so I, I don't um, all I don't mess with Facebook. Yeah, well, we have a private group called uh, Common Law Shamanism. Like, I don't really mess with Facebook either. Uh, Sean will always say, you know, did you see this or did you see that comment? I'm like, oh, was it on Facebook? <laughs> no, I didn't see it. <laughs> so yeah. I, I go on there to. Um, you know, to advertise the show, obviously, and every now and then I'll go and look at some things, but yeah. Well, I need that. If you would, let me know what that is, or and then I need your yep. uh, your wet. Your but just website. remember that sh that site is to help people and get communication going for all of us, including JC and myself. Like that's the whole point of it is for us to have an outreach to one another and to see each other's issues and get to know each other and share problems and i mean that's how well i'll do that if it's, a, if it's a private well, I'm group just talking I'll, about I'll and i too yeah you yeah. have to be invited like not just anybody goes in i mean people can see it oh okay but. well in, invite me if you would um then the in that scenario that you were discussing man i'm coming back because even if I only have one issue and I work with you, which, you know, you're working with me now, um, I'm going to come back because I'm going to have other issues. And this, my motivation is not to solve this one problem. I mean, that is part of it. But my motivation is to learn this and help, un, uh, you know, unslave uh, and, un, you know, educate other people. Just, just my family. If I did it for nothing else, just, uh, except for my family and friends. So I'm going to come back and sit at your feet like I'm doing now to to learn even more. And the times that I do talk with JC, and I wanted to thank you publicly for your time and for your wisdom and your insights and, you know, as we, you know, tackle this stuff and 
dissect it. But and then I'll say this, and then I'll let somebody else get on. There's a famous quote. The book is called Think and Grow Rich. It was written by Napoleon Hill. It's uh, He interviewed 500 of the world's most wealthy and influential people. And it's it's a great book. It's up there, I guess, in the top 10 cells of all time. But there's a quote in there. My famous, favorite quote is, no two minds come together without thereby creating a third. And um, it, that works exponentially with three minds and five minds. And so you're right. We are the, the answer. We are the problem. But getting together, we're going to create and understand better than if we do it by ourselves. And I certainly would give you guys credit. And I think it's unconscionable not to. But anyway, love your show. I'll unmute or mute me and I'll, I'll continue to listen. Thanks for what you do. I appreciate it. All right. Thanks for coming out. Um, we have Mike. He has his hand up. How's it going, Mike? Hey, chap. How you doing? I'm doing pretty good. How you doing? I'm fantastic, man. I also would like to uh, say that uh, I appreciate you guys being honorable and I honor you for having shows like this and teaching us uh, what could we, what we could do uh, as we enter their courts. So I appreciate you. Oh, thanks well, for coming we... out, dude. Yeah, we yeah, no problem. You this is, this is my, showing your support. Yeah, this is my first time. I've always tried to uh, connect with you guys, but it's always uh, I get off work late and I always miss the show. But oh, um, that's cool. But uh, yeah, I have the uh, question for you guys, and if you could um, give me the proper information to where I could uh, make a donation. I would appreciate it. Uh, yeah, that's uh, if you go to the jcshamanandbaba.com, um, and maybe somebody will throw it up in the chat. There's a donation page linked to that to that website, and um, you can do PayPal or credit card, and you know basically that goes in, and Sean and I get get it from there it's run by uh henry's daughter and she's she's real honest very honorable um so when when gus was kind of breaking off we we asked her if she would do that for us and she very graciously accepted so okay um and did you say you had a you said you had a question i do um I, a man wrote me and told me that I had a outstanding child support debt. And uh, don't get me wrong, um, I take care of my children. I just need to take care of them how I see fit. I don't need any interference in that, <clears throat> which is mine. And um, you say a man wrote you. Who was it? A court or it was an agent. Okay. He was an agent, and I wrote him back, and we've been corresponding with each other for maybe, I, I would say, like three letters, and uh, I wrote him my last letter, and I just asked him, was he the man that was trying to administer my property? And 
and I told him I, I needed a bill, uh, a bill of particulars and to sign it so I could settle all claims. Well, he did just that. He signed it, and he sent me the bill of particulars, and that's when I sent him a letter stating that um, it was he the man that was trying to administer my property, and, and then I, uh, I asked him, was that property his? Or was it mine, you know, basically? And I haven't heard back from him in like six months now. Um, I was wondering what would be my next step. Uh, do um, I have, should I take him to court or? Hey, hey, wait, 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 wait! I, just because I'm really, really interested. What did he write down as a bill of particulars? Like, yeah, that's what, what I was just getting ready to ask. What the hell did he write? Like, what services right, he did just, he say he provided he just, you, man? Right, he just wrote me uh, what. He, he believed that I owed in in child support. So let me think. Just curiously, did you ask him if you owed him? Like when you wrote that, you said, give me a bill of particulars for what you owe because you wish to settle all claims. Like did you say? Yeah, I asked. I asked well, him. I said, did you ask, but, I asked him I mean, did you, to send me a bill of, I asked him to send me a bill of particulars for what he says I owe him. Okay, because good, he was good, the man good. that was writing me. Good, good question. Okay, right. So, uh, and like I said, he just sent back some numbers, and and I asked him to sign it in wet blue ink, and he did just that. <laughs> so, yeah, so that no, wasn't really I a bill of particulars. That. That's that's just like. He's sending you a, an assessment almost. Okay. Okay. Well, I mean, so what, what I a bill of particulars, I, he would actually itemize, like, what services he provided that you owed him money for. Right. I'm just that's curious, that's where, where he signed, did it, does it, like, on the, was it an, well, two questions. Was it an official form or just in his own handwriting and, did it say anywhere on there, I certify all in here and is true, or did he sign it under the penalty of perjury? Or did he uh, just say somewhere that he certifies that this, this is true? Yeah, uh, he didn't, it, it didn't say that. I mean, I'm going to actually uh, pull it out so I can really be sure. But what yeah, I did first. What I did first with this case, uh, I sent in a, I sent in a withdrawal notice. So I withdrew from their case. That was the first thing that I did. And, so just uh, curiously, like when you first got going on the case, um, just a couple things. Did you get an attorney or did you kind of not really know what you were doing at the time and kind of were in their jurisdiction and <laughs> well the funny you asked the yeah fun, funny you asked that because I had been studying uh legal leave so I went to mm. court and then they, they didn't let me say shit excuse my language they didn't let me say anything <laughs> <laughs> no that's all right you, you can know, say shit on so, the show man. <laughs> so I started studying common law and um, here, here's the and then you realize they weren't saying shit, huh? 
<laughs> yes, exactly. So here's the withdrawal letter I wrote. I said, I, man, Michael uh, Redbird, wish to withdraw my person from your court case, and then I give the court case number, which is attached to civil file number. I give the civil file number. I see no benefit to accept your gift at this time, and I wish to return it as I have no room for it here on my property. I no longer wish my person bound. Please respect my wishes. And then I just signed it, Michael R. Man. So that was the that was my withdrawal notice. Hey, just out of curiosity, how long ago was that? Oh man, that's been a, probably about a year now. And yeah, then, okay. like I said, yeah, I, I'm just wondering because, like, I've been doing this for a while, and and we have seen them get progressively more aggressive as time goes right. on. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, so, what uh, it is, dude, is like, you know, you're challenging in, in a polite way the very foundation of the entire legal system. Think about right. that. Right. Yeah. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Like, if that catches on, they lose all power, dude. It's gone. Right. Right. Yeah, so uh yeah, so that that was what I did uh, uh to withdraw my my person from the case. And like I said, I haven't heard back and then a couple other letters and I haven't heard back from the guy, like I said, in, in like six months. So I was wondering what would be my next step. Should I take bring him into court? And make I, him I, uh, take the stand and, and, and verify that the debt is true? Or should I, I just read it out? I personally probably wouldn't go that route. I Before, like, uh, are you going to, are you thinking of reopening the case that you already left? Well, no, but it's still causing me harm. How is it causing you harm? Yeah. Well, because it's... Well, this this well this this is one thing. Well, my license are suspended, and um, well, now hold on a second, if, if I may. Mm-hmm. Your license is suspended. It's their license. I understand that. Okay. All right. <laughs> let's not let's not meld the two worlds together, there, man. Like, so there's no harm there. Okay. So what's yeah. your next thing? Well, they're still charging me uh, this debt. Are they garnishing your wages or anything? I'm sorry? Are they garnishing your wages or anything like that? Yeah, they're they're trying to do that now. Okay. Do you have a cool boss? I'm sorry, repeat that? Is your boss cool? Yeah, he's actually my friend. And um, he kind of got nervous because they were sending him these threatening letters stating that yeah. if he didn't garnish the check, I mean, you know, then he was going to... Did he get a court order? He some penalty. No, he didn't. Did he get a court... Okay. Go ahead, John. Sound like you were going to say something. Yeah, so so first off, since your boss is pretty cool, uh, typically what they have to do is they have to get a court order to garnish the check. And 
I would say 90% of the time they never do this. So, uh, you know, the attorney just keeps writing and tries to scare the employer into just taking it out. If you haven't heard back from this individual in six months or so, um, what I would probably start with, because, you know, it's always the best to start off the easiest. And I don't exactly understand how you're talking about taking him to court, because the way you kind of described it was, uh, you know, kind of like maybe reopening the case that you already left, which I would absolutely advise against, um, okay. because obviously you already told them that you were leaving that. Um, and so what I would do is I would write him back. And if he's the individual who's writing to your employer or whoever, I, I would basically write them and put them on notice and say, hey, look, you're trespassing on my life. I haven't heard from you in six months. I considered this matter to be closed. There hasn't been any action that I've seen uh, related to this matter. If you don't believe it to be closed, you know, I invite you to summons me to court. Like, like I, I will show up and, and then you could uh, do the other thing that you were talking about. The other thing that I would maybe tell them is that if, if they don't stop, you know, what you're basically writing is kind of like a cease and desist. Hey, you, uh, you're causing a huge inconvenience on my life and I'm going to have to ask you to stop. And if you don't stop, you know, like at this moment in time, you cannot say that you were unaware of the harm, injury, right. and loss that you're causing me. Right. And I actually... Or the um, headache you're causing me. Yeah. Right. I actually gave him 21 days in my last letter to respond. And, uh, and I, I basically told him that uh, if he didn't, then this uh, debt was... I mean, this case was settled. And, and, and that's, that's exactly I why I was saying to start it off, like, I haven't heard from you in six months. I consider right. this matter closed. You know, right. like, from this from yeah. this side of the fence, it's closed. I don't know how you feel about it, but if you feel something differently, then you should bring me into court and we can settle this. Right. Otherwise, you should stop harassing me. Right. But, if um, I may. What, okay. Well, if I may, I just wanted to point out something, too, <clears throat> and this is technically actually very correct, okay? Okay. The, there's two things kind of going on. Um, you, have, you have pulled yourself and withdrawn, and that's absolutely, it was a great letter. I would say the only thing that JC and I would critique would be to say, Never use the word please. It's it's a begging words to plead. Right. Asking yeah. them to do something instead of requiring it. So need, want, and please, those are bad words. <clears throat> so right. other than that, I thought it was a really good letter. Um, the other thing is, is technically speaking, okay, this is under, I'm going under the presumption now that you're on the books and that there's federal income tax and social security taken out is that accurate yeah okay well, I, so no, that's no, no, it's not, it's not because uh i work for myself basically 
Okay, so you get ten ninety nine. Right. Okay. But the thing is, is if you filled out paperwork, okay, and you're going through certain motions, and I don't know what your job is, technically speaking, they are not going after your property. They're going after their property. Right. Now, this sounds crazy, because, okay, because you've gifted what you've made, right, or created into right. their person. So you see how you're in kind of a weird now. Now JC has a certain opinion about the 1099 aspect. I'm sure he's getting ready to share, but there's uh, just remember that you're in kind of a funky place. There's the man, but your person has crawled inside of another person. You see? Mm-hmm. So it is kind of a it is kind of a muddy area. Right. And but yeah. JC but JC has a thought about the ten ninety nine. You want to share that with him, JC? Well, I mean basically <clears throat> the way I understand the ten ninety nine is um whoever is contracting with you, they have to fill out a ten ninety nine, they have to give you a ten ninety nine, and they have to uh report the ten ninety nine to the IRS. Um Okay. Uh, I don't believe, and this is just my personal belief, that when they send the 1099 to the IRS, that is their fulfillment of that contract. In my impression, you're not contracted in with them unless you willfully enter into that contract. Right. But... I will tell you this. I used to get 1099s when I was going through my deal. Now, they didn't have court orders, and, and honestly, most people get nervous about it, and they just capitulate. And really what's happening is the the, uh, the agency is more or less getting the company to commit the theft, not them. Because without right. a judgment and a court order, you can't garnish wages. But what they'll do is they'll send in a notice of levy, and a notice right. levy is not a levy. Yeah, right? and you know what I did? You know what I did for that? I um, put my stuff in a trust. Hmm. That okay. was the way that that was the way that I was figuring that would uh, stop them from uh, putting a levy on my account. Well, now. No. I'll just tell you, if you're using their person, though, dude, you know, right. you've got to tread very carefully because right. if you're using their person and you're gifting your creation to that person, right? you see what I'm saying? Yeah, I got you. Okay. I'm and, just bringing that to your attention. Here's something that I kind of look at it as uh, when people talk about trust or common law trust, and uh, when you use them effectively, they they are very convenient tools. At the same time, I don't quite understand why people put their own personal property, uh, especially, for instance, like to say keep it away from the IRS, because the trust itself um, will get a tax identification number and it is absolutely a person, 
and the trust does not have the same level of rights as a man does because it is an artificial entity. Right. So the the exact same argument where a man goes into, say, uh, like a foreclosure case and they say, hey, look, I'm a man. And if you foreclose on this, it's going to cause me harm, injury and loss. The bank over there is an artificial entity. It doesn't really exist when when you place everything into a trust person. It, it's kind of the same thing. It's like, hey, the trust doesn't actually exist. So you can kind of take the property of it because it's not Kid, technically harming a man or a woman. I just now uh, a pure trust. A pure trust would be, I would say, a little different, wouldn't you, JC? Like a pure trust, but but honestly, then you would have to re-figure how you're utilizing not only your person but theirs, like. You're, you're going to have to, and keep in mind, now we're not attorneys and we don't give legal advice, but what we are telling right. you is that you can't, you can't be duplicitous. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like you got to be very right. careful. And I know you will be because you sound like an honorable guy. Like you're really trying to do it for the right reason. It's not about getting out of something. It's about right. knowing who you are to the creator and exercising self-governance as the way you believe in your heart to do. Um, right. And that's really the key to it, right? So, yeah, so absolutely. just, uh, I, I, you know, we recognize that. So just be, like, you're kind of, in my opinion, at a crossroads. Like, you may need to start with your level of understanding. You're probably rapidly approaching, okay, what what kingdom do I really want to be in? Um, and sometimes that can bring sacrifice that isn't very enjoyable. I can speak about that firsthand. Um, right. It's almost a self, a self-regulating, self-induced uh, poverty. Because I mean, I literally could make a lot more money if I if I utilized that kingdom. I could right. I could get more. But I'm not willing to do that because of my belief, and and JC thinks the same way. Right. Yeah. So I was um, uh, how I got started. I uh, like I said, I went to uh, court and tried to practice some dead legal ease, and it <laughs> did not work at all. <laughs> and as soon as I as soon as I left there, man, I felt so defeated, and I said, "It's got to be a way." So, I started listening to Carl, and then, um, you know, subsequently, you know, I, I started, I found you guys, you know, because Carl was kind of hard to, you know, I would, I donated to him, and I would ask him a question, and he just had a lot of, a lot of jokes, a lot of things I had to, you know, uh, figure out on my own by the way he was wording it to me and things like that. And, you know, I'm sure he's a good man, you know, but at the same time I needed simplicity, you know. 
Yeah, there's definitely oh, no. a point where uh, Carl got to just double talking, you know, he'd tell you one thing and then turn yeah. around and say something else, and you never knew which one was right and which one was wrong unless you really knew. Mm-hmm. But if you really knew, why would you be asking him? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and uh, so I went through, uh, yeah, I went through that with him, and uh, I did learn some things from him, you know. And I wasn't sure about when I wasn't sure about my letters, and I was trying to find somebody to kind of give me confirmation on if I were right if I was writing these letters correctly. And I know it has a lot to do with uh, the small things that you say, you know, in the letter, like that, like uh, JC just was saying about, um, you know, the word please, you know. And I get that. I understand that. It makes a lot of sense to me. Because it's their case. It's not mine. Yeah, yeah I mean, like, one you word. Hear... Go ahead. You want to hear something kind of funny? Yeah. There, there's this one guy I, I really kind of enjoy working with. And, you know, like he's a literary, he can't read or write. Um, but he got brought up on child support and i'm real good friends with some of his family members and uh he asked me what i would do and i was like man just go in there and be like who are you where'd you derive your right from to tell me how to take care of my children you know i love them i care for them i buy them christmas gifts and and he went in there and he did that it was no longer than 20 seconds of his act and I mean, they knew that he was serious. They knew that they weren't going to cross that line with them. And they were just like, have a nice life, sir. You know? <laughs> wow. That's amazing. Because, it has, you know, you would think it wouldn't be that simple. But just going in there as a man, you know. Well, think about this, man. Simple. Like, uh, what is the way that the government drives its quote, just powers. Through the people. From the consent of the government. Right. Through your okay, consent. Okay, so if you, don't, if you don't consent, you have power. Right, and I understand that, like, uh, everything with the government is voluntary, but they get you with threat and, you know, with uh, coercion and, and duress. You know, because I remember. Uh, yes when... and no. Yes and no, but just like you you know, we were talking about your driver's license or the driver's mm-hmm. license, right? Right. Well, that was the way you consented. Right. Exactly. You see, so now they're right. trying to force you to honor the agreement. Right. From their perspective, right? right? Okay. Right. It, it's perspective, yeah. man. Right. Yeah, and I, I in, in one of my letters I told them that um, I told them that uh, I can't remember what I told them, but uh, yeah, I, I kind of just told them that you know I no longer wish to volunteer for their case. Yeah, but and and Mike, like sometimes they don't use threats or coercions or anything like that at all. In fact, a lot of times when I see people step into their jurisdiction, the judgment just makes an offer like, hey, do you want to testify to get this on the record? 
And every time before uh, proceeding into a case, they always ask, are the parties ready to proceed? And most people are like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Right. Right. So you consented. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he asked if you're ready to proceed, you know, like you didn't say no. Do you have any objections right. to proceeding? Right. What would be the proper thing to say? Uh, when, well, yeah, I wish to that. proceed my way home right now. Right. <laughs> See, in your case, like you would say something like maybe, you know, let's say they were to ask you that, you could say something like, uh, sir, I believe you received some documents from myself. Right. Uh, yeah, well, okay, they're on the record with the, with the, with the court, like, uh, did you read those documents? Right. Right. Yeah. Do you, and un do you understand those documents? Right. And then just basically asked uh, who was the man that had a, ver uh, a verified claim. Well, no. No, 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 no. That's step two. That's okay. another important thing. If you, if you don't mind, John, I'd like to... Like that's that's a mistake I made. That's a mistake I made the first time. Think of think of this thing as a set of stairs. Okay, the first okay. thing, and really I'm gonna. Re I used to have the other thing. The number two is number one, but really the first thing you've got to establish is who you are. So you would say, "I man, you know, we're gonna tell you to do a notice of appearance. I man, right? Capital M because it's you. It's a specific man, right?" then you'd want to put your right. name in parenthetical thought. It's a parenthetical thought, so you want to put it in parentheses. I'm in present at court, okay? And, and then, of course, you're going to fill out the top the proper way. This is basically a notice of appearance. Now you establish your standing. Okay, with that notice of appearance, you've accomplished a couple things. You've told them who's at court. Not a what, but who, correct? Right. Okay, does that court have jurisdiction over a who? Mm. Gotcha. It does not. Right. So you have already removed yourself from the jurisdiction of that court. Already. Okay. And you notified them of that. So now the judge has to do what? He has to try to get jurisdiction back. Back. So, right. so the first thing you've got to establish is who you are. The second thing would be, who the hell got me here? Right. Because I don't. I'm not even going to ask the question of why. The first thing right. I need, I wish to know is, who is the accuser? Who brought? Who summoned me? Okay. Right. Well, that prosecutor did, or that, you know, whatever it is. In your case, it, it, it's a prosecutor, right? So, right. okay, great. Did I, now you say, so are you the accuser? Look, and you're going to do this in different ways, but no, he's not the accuser. And if he says he is, that's going to be funny. That's why John was laughing before. Really? He signed that? Right. Because right. to be the accuser, you would have had to have done something wrong to him or owe him money. Right. Right. So right. that's the first thing. Who? Now, if they're dumb enough to say, oh, yeah, he's the accuser, now, oh, okay, 
how did I do you wrong? If you believe I did wrong, just verify, give me a verified statement of the accounting, sign it under the penalty of perjury, as true do a note of the penny, I'll pay you right now. Right. Exactly. But like and, I said, like it, 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 it's it. Right. Like I said, it, it's an agent uh, because the first time I wrote, it was a lady by the name of, it was a late woman by the name of Ann. Ann, and she wrote me and told me, basically saying that, you know, if you don't have this money in, in this office in 15 days, we're going to take legal action. So I wrote her back. And I guess she handed it over to this this man named Nelson, and he took it from there. So that's who I've been in correspondence with. Now, on the way that you can kind of get this knocked down really easily, I would, okay, a way you should be able to get it knocked down is court is for controversy, right? So instead right. of being, and this is what at the beginning of the show, if you listen to what JC said, he was talking about people being combative in their paperwork. A lot of people right. want to challenge jurisdiction. A lot of people want to make a answer. You know, we need to get away right. from that. Like, you don't have to challenge jurisdiction. You state your jurisdiction. Right. That's not. I don't have to challenge shit. There's no challenge. Right. I am man. Right. So like, right. there's no challenge. You want to challenge? It challenges you. You're going to be the one creating the controversy, not me. Um. So you're just mm-hmm. making a statement of fact. Well. You're, the course for controversy, eliminate the controversy. The controversy is somebody saying you owe something, fine. You did the right thing. You said give me a verified statement of the, or a bill of particulars, but just verify it. Right. I, I'm ready to pay you right now if, I, if you believe I owe you something. Isn't it, isn't it verified once he signed his uh, signature? Nope. No, that's just an autograph, man. Right. Okay. That's just, that just handles the legal part. Right. How do you verify? How does man verify something? What do you even know? Do you know what the word verify means? Uh, explain. JC, it's the living it. voice. There you uh, go. Yeah, verifies viva voce. It's the living voice, like. Um, that's the only way to verify something is for somebody who has a living voice to say it in an open court. And this is why, like, whenever a court's moving against you and say the other parties, like, going for a summary judgment, somebody still has to get up on the stand and verify the facts on the record before the summary judgment can be made. Right. Think about it. What does the mafia do every time there's somebody that can (laughs) witness against them in court? That's right. The <laughs> case right. is over, man. There is no witness. Right. Nobody can go into court and verify having first-hand knowledge of the facts, right? Right. And, and of course, they're going to say, well, you know, like you were saying earlier about uh, who is uh, bringing this claim. They always say, you know, the state, you know. That's not a who. That's a what. But see, and you that's already know what, that, I'm sure. But, the, but right. think about this, though. So let's say... You go to court and you let's. Just, I mean, we're just going to have some fun with this. Let's say you didn't give them a notice of appearance. Okay, you didn't notify them. Man was present at court, and you started with, "All right, where I wish to settle any verified claim." 
Okay. You see what you see what you've done? You've created such a mess already. Are you right mm-hmm. with a verified claim? Absolutely, but who the hell are you? You see what I'm saying? Like you never yeah. like how do you even have standing? Hell, you don't even and and the reality is without correcting the record, you have status as a respondent or in your case it probably is a respondent. Um, did they, they didn't charge you with a crime, right? You're, are you just a respondent at this point or a defendant? Either way, it yeah, doesn't I'm, matter. If you're a respondent yeah. or a defendant, you see how you're, you're without notifying them? Like, you, it's your job to correct the record. Like, that's how you're serving the court. You're serving your fellow man. There's an error on the record. What's the error? My name is not defendant. I, man, present at court. Who? I. Now, you see, how, now that's step one. Now you're throwing the ball back. It's like tennis, man. You've got to hit the ball right. and then let them volley back. Okay. But if you just skip to step three, guess what they get right. to do? They right. get to skip to step three. <laughs> so they're right. going to make the assumption that you are the defendant. And the defendant can't ask a, a question like, I require, or, or make a statement like, I require you to give a verified statement of the accounting. Like you say, they're going to say, who the, who the, shut your mouth, or I'm gonna, what are you talking about? See, because you haven't right. established any standing. You just have status, and that's right. different. Right. Yep. Yeah, so. so you got to stick on the, you got to stay on the point, man, one, two, three. Like if you're on step four, you're in trouble. Something's wrong. <laughs> right, right. Well, I'm glad you clarified that for me. Because that was uh, that was in my imagination. If I ever had to, uh, if they ever uh, brought me to to their court, you know, that was would be something I would say first. <laughs> to be honest with you, but I'm glad you clarified that. What I'm what I'm kind of afraid of right now is that uh, you know I travel a while, a ways to get to work and. Um, you know, I'm afraid that they're going to put out a, a warrant on me. And I'm sure they need to give me a notice of that first. Am I correct? Uh, yeah, they're yeah. probably going to notify you. If, if if your address and everything is up to date with them, they'll notify you before they just issue a warrant. Right. Okay. I mean, you so, got a lot of stuff to handle. You know what I mean? Like, you got a lot of stuff that you got to that you've got to do in a particular order and in this particular style with particular words and particular punctuations that are right. absolutely, absolutely viable, okay? They, and, and they have power, but they do have to be correct. Right. But you yeah, can, so. but I, we will tell you, you can do it. Right. I, mean, so I need a, it, a I mean, point of reference. If you guys could uh, give me a point of reference as to where I could uh, possibly study. Um, uh, that's <clears throat> the hard part about this. Uh, you know, a lot of people wish to have a point of reference. And, you know, I mean, I went to school for law for a while way before I ever did this. And when you go to law school, you have to go in and sit like so many hours each semester in traffic court, civil court, 
uh, criminal court. You have to sit in for several jury trials and civil and criminal. You got to go down to the federal court. So you got to go to a federal jury trial. You have to go to an appellant hearing, a Supreme Court hearing. Like you have to go and sit in on a lot of court. Okay. But unless you know somebody who's going in to try and do this stuff right here, you you almost never see it just, you know, out of the blue. And even though there's (laughs) a lot of stuff you can learn from the other stuff, like that's why I've traveled to just go and, and be with people who were willing to go in and and do these things. So it's really hard to give a point of reference. And it's just like, you gotta know more or less how the system works, who files what where, who do you gotta talk to? And it's really difficult because like if you go down, I've gone down to the state capitol numerous times to figure out information like what's under the attorney general's uh, agency, you know, what's the different agencies in there, what's under the secretary of state's agencies, what's the different agencies in there, what's under, you know, the state's treasury department, what's the different agencies in there, because it's by doing this where you'll actually find where, for instance, in my state, it's called the insurance reserve fund. So that's where the insurance is kept on all of the public officials. Okay. And they're not just going to tell you how to go and find this place. <laughs> okay. Right, right. <laughs> like it, hey. It's just not something. Yeah. And that was, yeah, that I mean, was something that I, was, I started doing. I started going to uh, court and listening to other child support cases, but to no avail, man. Uh, everybody was just, they were moving those people in and out like you wouldn't believe, you know? Uh, yeah, it's a business. I mean, Time is money, man. Time is money. That's right. Not tooting that's our right. horn, but you could listen. You could listen to our past shows. I mean, in my opinion, we're probably one of the most rounded uh, people out there teaching. Um, who have a really good overall picture of what's going on. I mean, Carl has a ton of good information, but the problem is, is there's a lot of bullshit that's mixed in with it, and it's especially in the last, what, John, three years, four years, he he mixed and double-talked so much that it, it was almost impossible to pull something out. Um, another guy, the informer, he's a great for getting, understanding the other side and how it doesn't apply to you and, you know, understanding, like, he actually came out of the system back in the early 80s by doing an administrative complaint to the Pope, because, you know, the Vatican owns the, the United States through Britain. And, um, and I mean, that, that's documented. Like, it's not hyperbole or conjecture. Like, this guy really did. He's probably one of the greater researchers of our time. And there's actually a website. If you'll give us your web address, you can send us an email, and we'll, we'll get you some information. But um, the language, J.C., you know, told everybody in the beginning about a book by Sarah Lockwood you can get on Amazon. I think paperback's like 15 bucks. Uh, Hardcover yeah, is like 22. Again? It's called Lessons in English by Sarah Lockwood, 1858. 
and that you know that teaches you like you know punctuations colons semicolons you know when to use a parenthetical thought when to use it just it just teaches you what what and how to to put in a right. sentence and how yeah. to formulate suffix prefix stuff like that and yeah, then that a would Webster's definitely on a bridge yeah, and then a Webster's unabridged first edition 1828 dictionary, because that teaches you the actual English, like what, I mean, the courts, the, even the Bible is written in that kind of English, like the King yeah, James. Not, right. You well, the trans, transliteration. Well. Yeah, I'm familiar with that. Um, you said her name was Sarah Lockwood. Lockwood, okay. Yeah. And it was lessons in England? Yeah, lessons, no, lessons in, English. in English. Oh, in English, okay. Yeah, it's the English, how to write proper sentence structure. And you, like gotcha. I said, you can get both of those on Amazon. I think the Webster's is anywhere from like 64 to $72, depending on, you know, how fancy you get. It can probably even go higher. Um, yeah. And then that lessons in English. And then, like I said, the informer site, uh, Patriot Games and other bullshit, right? Or Patriot Games and other BS. That dude has tons of documents that are just instrumental yeah. in getting people to understand how the other side moves and doesn't apply to you and the tricks they use. So it really gives you a good view without muddy in the water of, oh well, the Constitution and we have the Fourth Amendment and the Fifth Amendment. It doesn't do any of that. He shows you the separation and why it's separate and why it doesn't apply to you. Um, he's got tons of stuff on YouTube with Visigoth, what? and there's a what one, was his there's name? a six-part series. The Informer is what he goes by. They called him the I Man. Okay. He was the first. Okay. He was the first guy to use the I Man uh, phraseology. So, wow. There's a six-part series. So anybody listening to what we're saying right now on YouTube, you can go. It's called The New History of America, parts one through six, with The Informer. So it's the, the Informer, The New History of America, and that one through six, that will blow everybody's mind. There's, a, there's so much information in that six-part series. And, of course, he does other stuff, too. Another gentleman, James, James Montgomery shows you how the United States Code and led, you know, the stuff that they do, the statutes and the codes, is uh, parallel with canon law. And that, I mean, and that, it, it, you can prove that. I mean, that's not, and that stuff's important. That's not necessarily natural rights. But if you understand that that stuff doesn't apply to you and you understand why, it does help keep you safe from going into separate, you know, when you're, being double-minded or going into a jurisdiction because you think, oh, well, you know, a lot of people think equity is common law. You know, J.C. and I were talking about that yesterday. It's not. I mean, not not like – I mean, we're technically not teaching common law. We're teaching natural rights. Right. Common law was – King's common law was hated by the common man. They hated it. Um, right. And, you know, and again, YouTube, J.C. and Shaman – and then uh, even Gus, like, TalkShoe, well, Gus didn't put it up, but TalkShoe did put all of our old shows back up on the Common Law okay. Ordiners. Okay. Hey, didn't somebody put a link to that on the Facebook page, John? 
Oh, I'll do. So I think they did. Anybody can find us on Common Law Shamanism on Facebook. Yeah, I'm, I'm a part of that group. That's how I found you guys. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm a part of that group. What's, well, what's well, an, what was your name ahead. again? Just your first name. Michael. Michael, okay. Sorry, man. I'm not sure. Yeah, no problem. Listen, I, I really appreciate the information. And like I said, you know, keep up the good work. And uh, I'm not going to – I'm sure somebody else may have a question or want to talk. Um, but like I said, uh, I really appreciate the information and, and your time. And I think it's an honorable thing that you guys are doing. And uh, I, I honor you for that. Oh, thank you. Well, thank did you. you. Did you want our email? Yeah, please. J- JC, I always it's, mess uh, up. It's, it's J-C-A-N-D-S-H-A-M-A-N at gmail.com. So it's J-C and Shaman at gmail.com. A lot of people mess up and just put J-C Shaman. So, but right. I was already yeah. taken for some reason. I, I thought it was kind of weird. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> That was the so, other. Yeah. That was the other dimension, John. Right. <laughs> <laughs> the Mandela effect. Right. Thanks for coming out, Mike. We uh, we enjoyed your company, and it's always nice to have you know um, audience participation. While we're talking about uh, Facebook, I'd just like to bring something up real quick. I was kind of hoping this guy would uh, come on, Ricardo. But he has a ticket, and he was asking for help or reference or ideas to it. And I really, really wanted to talk about it, so I'm just going to throw this out there before we um, call it an evening. And when you look at the ticket, it says issued to, and I believe that's his license plate number. Um, So literally what they're doing is they are issuing the property a ticket and not the actual individual because they they don't know who parked it wherever it looks like a parking ticket and so those are always really interesting because you know like how does a car on its own how does a license plate um commit a parking offense I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna post a video. It was a guy that uh went to court and he just was basically asking uh, you know, um uh Yeah, who's gonna verify that he did it? Yeah, man, that was an awesome video, man, and he was like, I'm not the name, you know. He was like and then the prosecutor was like, um, well if I had photos and then he was like, Well what there's photos, um uh, will verify that it was me, you know, whatever. It was awesome, man. But I'm going to post that on Facebook if nobody's never seen it before. Oh, no, I know exactly what you're t- talking about. I, I wish I could find it, so um, I will enjoy uh, getting yeah, a hold I'll, of that I'll post, again. Yeah, I'll post it on, in the group as soon as I get off. Uh, uh, you guys <clears throat> oh, sorry, I, I unmuted I, money, I, I, Mike, everybody. Hey, how you doing? Hey, how you doing? Hey, how you doing? Hey, how you doing? Hey, hanging in there. Mm. 
but I have uh, I'm gonna have a call tomorrow night. But uh, other than that, I was listening to you guys. It's pretty interesting stuff. I actually found some old paperwork about uh, I might I might get knocked off the call. I'm having a problem with this uh, net thing, but uh, I'm gonna stay on as long as I can. Um, how do you call it? Um, I have. I just found some old paperwork on my uh, old case back in 2002. Maybe uh, maybe next week uh, we can run that by uh, if I happen to be off that day. Uh, some about a case I had back in 2002. Yeah, man. Are you are you yeah, on man, Facebook you, you on group? Facebook group? Uh, no, I could probably get in on it. Are you uh, over on your uh, on your site. What is that? Uh, was that uh, JC? Uh, what what is that on Facebook? It's common law shamanism. So we were about to uh, we were shut about it down for the evening, but if you put the paperwork put up the in the Facebook group, we'll talk about it next we'll week. There's a lot of reasons. All right. All right. And uh, my call is going to be tomorrow night uh, about 10, 10 Eastern, uh, 142306. Did you get that? Uh, yeah, everybody heard uh, that. Yeah, everybody heard that. Okay, cool. All right, man. You guys take care, man. All right. Thanks for coming All out, right, Mike. Thanks for coming out, Mike. Yeah, take it easy, buddy. Yeah, take it easy, buddy. Look. <laughs> All right. Sorry about that reverb. Anyways, uh, Mike, sorry that that kind of cut you off. I didn't really mean to. And um, I guess next week we will be back out here. Um, you know, nine o'clock Eastern Standard Time on Wednesday evening. Thanks everybody for coming out. We really appreciate your uh, support and you yep. know just Thank being you, here and wasting your time with us. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.